We are live live. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so today we have a very special guest. Um, he's visiting from Boston. He's an old friend of mine. Uh, Alan Jameson. What's up, man? Hello. Um, so Alan and I have known each other at this point. Oh, my God. Don't, don't do the math. It yeah, I know. Make like, you said. So longer than I've been doing jiu-jitsu, which is... I. I over two decades at this point? I, yeah, I was going to say, I've known you since you were like a white belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, so like... Um, <laughs> I know nothing about the white the Taekwondo days, by the way. You don't, yeah. I, it's, it's well sort then. Of a, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, so yeah. glad I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> There's, and then, you know, it's, it's something I, I don't really talk about all that much just because like I started Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai as an adult. But um, yeah, I, so for those who don't know, I did taekwondo for 11 years before i started like the uh jiu-jitsu and muay thai path um from 11 to 22 and then i met alan along the way he and i were sort of we talked about like training partners and how like the importance of having a good solid training partner was he was sort of my training partner back in the day he was you were a i was a white belt you were already a black belt yeah so um so i started doing taekwondo when i was six so if you started when you were 11, what, I'm a year older than you? No, you're two years, man. Two Come years on, give older. me a little credit here. Let's not put me into Mark Feast. I see, story. so you're 23, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, uh, okay, so I would have been 13, yes, yeah, so I was already second degree black belt. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, you were. I just remember the picture of you doing the splits, like the Jean-Claude okay, so Van Damme my, my style first question, splits. My first question is, how long does it take on average for a Taekwondo practitioner to get a black belt? That Ooh. varies wildly based on the school, I think. Um, so I took, I think, three and a half years to get a black belt, and then uh, another thing three to get my second degree does that math work yeah i think that's right so and on average how frequently were you training during that that period from white to black from white to black uh i did like three days a week and like hour training or hour plus a bit maybe three times a week uh i was enthusiastic as a kid too so I was also like practicing at home you know um, but yeah that's that would be on the upper side of how much probably the average Taekwondo school you would be going to get a black belt and the requirements though are different like it's a lot like we had spoken about the black belt requirements for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it's super super sort of subjective and they're but like for Taekwondo it's like it's sort of almost like the Gracie Baja curriculum, right? Like you have, you need to know this, 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 demonstrate it, it's tested, you know, this, this, this. It's like it's very curriculum-based. You know what you're, you have to do. And as long as you can basically FCAT it and like train for the test, like there's a likelihood that you'll pass, right? So, which makes it easy to disseminate. Um, and so would you say that it's, it's if you... So what are the belts? Like, what are the belt colors in Taekwondo? Oh, man. Um, there are so I, many. <laughs> so that I, is one thing. There's, like, so. there's, there's white. Yeah. But there's stripes, too. There's okay. pretty constant feedback, I would say. Like, so, yeah, so you do white, yellow, green, blue, red, and black. There's purple. 
So Master Fook didn't do purple. But is purple, is, is there, purple, there were like, schools who just... No, there were schools who threw purple in there. There were schools who threw brown in there. I think he did like the... the I'm going to so, call it the minimal so set. For, even just for the sake of this, if, if we were to grab a red belt in Taekwondo, you guys would argue that it's pretty evident... Like, it's pretty clear what that person should know and not know. Like, if you grab, I guess, two different red belts is, is a better thing, that it would be pretty clear they can demonstrate the same set of techniques. Well, that's the thing is, there's not... You don't learn different techniques later on. The, the, the grading system is based on what forms you learn. And, like, because... Well, I was going to say, they, they would know the same forms. They're, the quality with which they would perform them could have high variance. Yeah, okay, because as Chris says, it was like, you know, you you could basically have a sheet of paper that said to test for your red belt one black stripe, you need to know what Taiguk Iljan or Taiguk Paojan, like there's a set of forms yeah, yeah, that you like needed to each, know. And this is dictated so, by So the, Chris, the would you would you would you argue that if we took two brown belts in jiu-jitsu, like there's a lot more variance in in the techniques they know than what you would see with taekwondo? Yes, because taekwondo, I mean, to say that it's not limited, but limited to kicking. I mean, like, super minimal punching and blocking, which... It, it's interesting. So, jiu-jitsu... A main differentiator between jiu-jitsu and um, a lot of traditional martial arts is, like, the fact that, like, what we train and the techniques we learn translate directly to sparring, right? So, like, the forms that you learn in traditional martial arts, while they say... They, tra- they should translate as a form of like shadow boxing and like sharpening the muscles and that sort of thing. Don't necessarily translate to spar. So like what you're learning in the forms, you don't use in sparring. For like the rules of sparring don't dictate like I do like an outside middle block, you know, in a front stance. You know, you just fucking cover your arms up, your, your chest up. Um, so I it's, think it's difficult to, to gauge that way because much within Taekwondo, like people tend to seek different routes as well some people because their competitions are forms and sparring some people will just become a pure sport sparrer right and they don't they do like minimal amounts of forms and then some people will do um just really perfect the craft of doing forms with almost very little application to actual fighting right well yeah i was gonna say this is something chris and i have talked about many times is i i feel like the value of the forms is more like building understanding of your body and while like i'm not going to do this sort of very formal you know like pull this arm back to your ear and hold the other arm up and then pull out like this to do a block like if i'm sparring i'm not going to do that but having the body sense to know how to quickly move my you know as you say you cover up if i'm covering up as somebody's throwing a kick it's probably some combination of a low block and an inside middle block but I'm not going to make it look right when I'm sparring. But the like having the sense of your body, I think. I I know you would say, why don't you just train that motion anyway? <laughs> like, <laughs> this this <yes>. was yeah. <laughs> yes, I would say that. <laughs> we, we've had this. So, yeah, Chris and I like. Uh, so I left Orlando in 2007. To, oh my god, was it that long ago? Yeah, it was. Okay. That's why I paused. I was like, no, that can't be. Yeah, that's it. Um, moved to Seattle for grad school and convinced Chris it would be a good idea to take a road trip like diagonally across the US. It was awesome. 
and we spent most of the drive like talking back and forth about these things and like you know is there some value to training these very stylized movements in the sense that in the heat of the moment you won't do them as stylized and that's fine but having trained them that way your your mindset is sort of as your mindset decays you'll still be doing something useful versus why don't you just train alive all the time and just do the useful movement in a more dynamic context and i don't think we can is it a form of cross training like are these are are these forms like could be argued are a way to um train your mobility flexibility and strength for doing movements that are applicable to taekwondo i I think that's i think there's some fairness to that fair to say in the sense that like so a lot of these things are very exaggerated like i would even say calling it shadow boxing is a it's a bit on edge, right? Because That's, you I do mean, these, these, these stances where, you know, yes, it is a solid stance once you're in it, but it would, I mean, you would just be dead if you tried to do this in any kind of combat, but you're training yourself to sort of, yeah, you, you're working on flexibility, strength in an awkward position, that sort of thing. I would argue that it's almost more of like a sort of calisthenic than it is, I mean, like, it's like a form of, like, conditioning more than it is, like, functional training. So um, maybe, like, old school training before they had modern training methods that we have in the 21st I, century? I think so, you know, because, like, I, the thing that always sort of got me, and I think sort of, and, and maybe, I, I, I don't know, I don't hate Taekwondo, by the way. Like, I'm very proud of my heritage in it. Let me preface it with that. I just, <laughs> I just I, at this point, I've just been doing jujitsu and Muay Thai longer. <laughs> Um, you know that sounds like when people say, I don't want to be racist, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, like okay, I've got so. a black friend, right? Like, <laughs> you know, um, but that's... so You do? <laughs> I do. Um, Actually, I have multiple. I have multiple, and they all whoop my ass. Um, but, like, I feel as though if the ultimate... If, if Taekwondo were to truly sort of, like, evolve, then the... Form, the rules in the sparring would involve the techniques that you're learning in forms. That's that's my, I think that's my contention with it ultimately. So I think one thing where I may see it a bit differently than you just because of my experience is you started Taekwondo after it became an Olympic sport. Agreed. And I think it really started to change quite quickly when it became an Olympic sport. And it was something I was sort of watching for because my dad had done judo i think like in the early 60s or something which probably looked a lot like brazilian jiu-jitsu mind you probably and as soon as taekwondo became a demonstration sport in seoul his immediate response was oh well the olympics ruined judo (laughs) and i was like oh okay i i'm not gonna like that's interesting stand behind that because i was said that at that at what 30 years ago yeah really okay because that's that's sort of Okay, because that's the overriding feeling now, you okay. know, still, um, because at the time, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu looked, or excuse me, Judo looked a lot more like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu hmm. than it does now. Now it looks like stand-up, you know, like Greco-Roman wrestling okay. with a jacket. Interesting. So that, so that, that whole, like, conservative versus progressive argument has existed in, across martial arts for a while now, then. Yeah. Well, so what I want to know is, um, we've talked about in the past, at our school, our school is relatively, I would say, I guess you'd use the word progressive, but very informal when it comes to, um, 
I guess, rules and traditions. I mean, we do line up. We do line up in order. We do bow, you know, in an often mat to that degree. But um, there are a lot of other etiquette rules and stuff that other more traditional schools adhere to that we don't necessarily adhere to. And I, me personally, I, th- I think it's a good thing. But we've talked about how as this becomes more of a sport, then it's going to attract more sport-minded people. And sports don't necessarily have a history of martial arts traditions. It's more of train, get better, compete, win, repeat sort of thing. So I'm kind of curious about is what are the, in a Taekwondo school, what are the etiquette rules? How do you guys go about when a student comes to take class, what is commonplace, what is common practice, what are the things that need to be observed? Because I'm kind of interested in comparing and contrasting that to what we experience in jiu-jitsu gyms and then in particular at our gym. So to, to well, give you a okay. starting point, so like, like just outline. Like, like, what's the onboarding process? Yeah, a, a new student comes in. What's the onboarding process? And then what does a normal, cl- what does a normal class look like structure-wise? Less on maybe the – well, yeah, from the whole thing, from how you get on the mat, how you you know begin the class, breakdown of what a class looks like, and then how the classes ends. And interactions with the teacher and stuff. I, I actually don't remember. I mean, like, I, I sort of used the framework <laughs> for my jiu-jitsu classes, ironically. But I think I've sort of had a... I've blended sort of the traditional style of, like, teaching with just kind of what I do now. Um, Alan would probably be a lot... Do you remember how... Like, yeah. You bow in, right? Like, so, which is sort of so like yeah, first you line up by rank. You We still do. You bow in. And there's... I mean, there's a whole, like... So, uh, let's see, what do you do? So, you, you, like, sort of, I'll call it salute the flags, I guess? Like, okay, so, there's right. usually, well, like, a... Lot, a lot of nationalism going on. Yeah. Just to, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> Which was, yeah. So, at Master Fook School, Master Fook is not Korean, so we'd have, like... The South Korean flag that you're supposed to have because of Taekwondo, we'd also have a Vietnamese flag. Because he's Vietnamese. Because he's Vietnamese. <laughs> An American flag. And the yeah American flag, and we had the the oh, like the, WTF the WTF flag. Flag. yeah like their banner the, right the WTF flag the yeah. World, World World Taekwondo, Taekwondo Federation yeah, so like, do you know what that sounds like the <laughs> WTF flag I mean once you put all four of those together it is a bit of a WTF flag <laughs> like, like of Benetton yeah, yeah. Um, that would be like I guess if we hung a IBJJF flag right I mean like but we're not a Gracie Baja school so we don't do things like that so okay yeah so you salute the flag. You bow in to the instructor, um, and then you would. S- oh, and the Taekwondo doctrine. Oh yeah, you have to right. recite yeah, the yeah, Taekwondo yeah. doctrine. So and it's sort of like a mantra. It's it's like five principles that you're supposed to observe as a student of Taekwondo. It's courtesy, modesty, perseverance, self control, and indomitable spirit. Which is like a really hard word when you're like 11 For years like, old. Yeah. I think a lot of other schools just say like heart or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Courage. It's more like a Captain Planet kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like, heart in <laughs> but, uh, okay. So I think that's the like, yeah, that's like the formal opening. And then Master Fook would always observe a sort of like, I'll say kind of a schedule in the sense that like you'd start by doing just drills of basic exercises, sort of marching up and back doing start with blocks and punches and then move into kicks. Oh no, sorry. You got to stretch. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like you're missing. Sorry. Yeah. Missing missing like like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So we did a lot of stretching. 
before starting. Which is super helpful. I, I will say that probably my hip mobility and hamstring mobility is probably from doing Taekwondo beforehand. Yeah. So. I've lost it quite a lot of my flexibility, and I'm squats, still bro. more flexible than most people. No, I Goblet still squats, that. man. I was just doing that actually to shame Tammy because she couldn't. <laughs> and she's Thai, which is like, that's an absolute shame. Um, so, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's been too long since I was at class. So stretching and then these sort of basic drills. Because when I got to the kicking, I was like, no, wait, you can't be kicking yeah, like without stretching. Kick without, yeah, like, uh, otherwise the, the attrition rate would be 85%. Yeah. I still ended up popping a hamstring once, but <laughs> that was after. So one thing, I did Taekwondo for 20 years, but there was a gap in the middle of a couple of years where I was at school and the club at school was no good. So... I was gone and came back, and my body remembered how things were supposed to go, but my body was no longer capable of doing them the way I had done them before. <laughs> okay, so that's that's off to the side. So yeah, it's so called you, aging, man. Yeah, I was still young enough that that shouldn't have been an issue. It's just called getting lazy, really. Um, so yeah, you drill sort of basic techniques, and then break up into say pairs to do like kicking pads that's right yeah, yeah. and these, like line drills basically yeah and then there's like one and three step sparring which i would say that's more akin to shadow boxing than the forms i think calling a form somewhere between calisthenics and shadow boxing but probably closer to calisthenics so the one and three step sparring it's still a, a fixed like uh, like a set of motions this, i do that like very yeah but overly stylized still, like it's not... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we'd probably break up and do everyone work on their form forms, by themselves. Yeah, like whatever like the, that set required like three forms you have to learn for whatever the next testing is, right? Right. And then... Uh, and mind you, nobody has this one to do this, like just to work on it. Over and over and over. It's exactly like here, right? Like when Paul's like, set the clock for five and it's drill. Like everybody does it like twice. And they just sit around like talking. It's the same thing. Like that's that's across the board for all my Universal. <laughs> yes, it's just we're inherently lazy. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. I was always on the ball. Um, and then the last thing in class would be sparring. Just free sparring with each other. And, and how does the class conclude? So essentially the same as the beginning. So again, you line up by rank, you recite the Taekwondo doctrine, salute the flags, bow out to the instructor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think I got it all. That is right. <laughs> We're meeting with Mr. Fook after this, actually, so we'll have to. Uh... So actually, that was my next thing is, is I, noticed that you, him here. I noticed that you referred to him as Master Fook. Is that also part of... Practicing Taekwondo as you always refer to the head instructor as master so-and-so So, -and -so. so you, you refer to anyone who is fourth dan or above as master as master, which I think in jiu-jitsu it's sixth Sixth degree. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so like, I, well yes, and no, the maybe. significance is that fourth dan is where you're considered Capable of teaching on your own. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. It's because you didn't make it that far. That's, that's true. <laughs> I, I was, I was, you, you made it to fourth, right? I did. I got to third. So I was almost there, not a master, unfortunately. But by the time I was, te like, you're, you can teach at 
second. Yeah, right? I think second you can start teaching under someone else's yeah, supervision. Yeah, so like you know how Danner says like, well he has like senpai or whatever it is like, he uses like these fucking Japanese terms that are very like awesome sounding, and like Japan like Koreans do the same thing like, um, yeah, master so is sab sabumnim. Sabumnim is master instructor and. Kyosanim is like junior lower level, yeah. junior level instructor, something like that. Yeah. So like, there's that. Um, it's funny too because I noticed I've maybe it's just this annoying rebelliousness in me of always wanting to do things did, differently. Do you call him Mister now? Yeah, I've I've, I've called him Mister for a long for a long time. A long time. Actually, no, right? I know. Have you noticed that? Oh really? yeah, I know. Oh really? So yeah. it's like, I think it was when and I, I shun you for it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but so like when I was like twelve, and I think. Because I was raised like a Roman Catholic, um, I had a friend who actually introduced me to Carlin then, and uh, the around, comedian George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, George Carlin, who's my my messiah. He um, so like back in the day, he uh, oh man, I forgot how it came about. But so like as I started to um, sort of rebel against the world, as you do when you're like twelve or thirteen, I was like, uh, like this guy's not like better than me he's just been doing it longer or whatever the case is right like just as i saw like the pope i'm like this guy's not a fucking better catholic than me like i've just been doing he's just been doing it a whole lot wait a minute wait a minute wait you actually actually looked at the pope and said (laughs) (laughs) you actually (laughs) so wait a minute you actually number one a 12 year old saw the pope somehow no not saw him i mean like like on television yeah but and and you were like like this guy's not a better Catholic than me. Yeah. He's just been doing it. He's just been doing it longer, right? <laughs> why why did you think it was suddenly a competition between you That's and the Pope to see who was the better like, Catholic? Oh, and who is Grady? Did come Jesus on, come do floating down or something? Like, exactly. hey man. Like who does this guy think he is, right? So like as There should be a Vu mobile. There's a Pope mobile. <laughs> this isn't fair. So somewhere along the lines, I was like, F this man, like, I'm not calling people by any like fucking titles because that's all all that shit's just made up right so like i think ever since around like 13 or 14 i had probably started just calling him like mr fook instead and then like and coming to like jujitsu too like that's why i'll I'll, i'm kind of like anti like titles like i'm just man like that's why i like that gym sort of thing like it's coach and like athletes you know there's not like titles like a coach is just a guy who's there to help you perform improve your performance ultimately he's just been doing a little bit longer so he's got a little bit more knowledge based than you but he's not better than you you know which is why i think maybe that that taekwondo humility comes into play is where like i know you kind of said the other day like the idea that you'd rather not you'd rather hang out with somebody who's a little bit more arrogant than somebody who's self-deprecating but like i think that's the approach of like i try not to be self-deprecating but i just try to be humble about well i will so hang on so um, being humble is a good thing, and, and I would never disparage that as a virtue. My my spectrum was if I had a person that was like, oh, like the classic example is like my mom would tell me about this girl she went to school with, and in art class, she's like, oh, this picture I painted is not that good. And they say, oh, Sally. And her name's not Sally. I'm making but this is up. Is it false humility? Um, you say about like fishing for a compliment kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's not so good. Or, you know, always like, Throwing doubts, oh, I don't know if this is so good, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you're good. You're doing well. That's the kind of person I'm talking about. Okay. If you want to call that false humility, fine. But, I, you know, I think being humble is a very important virtue. And most pe- And people should have that. But I'd much rather deal with someone that's a little full of themselves that is a little braggadocious than someone that's constantly 
whether it's false humility, humility, fishing for compliments or whatever, I think you can work more with the braggadocious people than you can with the people that have self-esteem issues. It's a self-esteem. To me, it's a self-esteem issue. Okay. I was going to say in the sense that you think it's more honest because like, I know where I stand with you. If you're like telling me what, I just me, me, I just say me personally, like I, I, I can handle on a day-to-day basis dealing with braggadocious people than dealing with people with self-esteem problems. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's okay. And I think, and I think you can work with them at least. It's a lot easier to, I think, is to chop a guy down a little bit (laughs) than, you know, try and build someone up that doesn't want to be built up because they have self-esteem issues. But that's all I'm trying to say. But being humble, like ideally a person has a a lot of confidence, but they're humble about it too, I think. And I don't think, Chris feeling that he's a better Catholic than the Pope qualifies as having a self-esteem issue. (laughs) (laughs) At 12 years old, so he started young. I like it. (laughs) That Michael Jordan guy, like, he's just better at basketball because he's taller than me and he's he's played more. Like, he's just from the hours. (laughs) But actually, by definition, that's why people are better. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. What do you even mean by better at some point then? Like, I don't know. When you were 11... Master Fook was better at Taekwondo he was than you. Than me, right? Like but that's I'm not like, open for debate. Just, I don't think. I, 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 first off, I hate the term like master. Yeah. Okay. I can like, see that. It's just. Well, it's just. It's yeah. So subservient. Like you know, I, other I people are subservient or your yeah subordinates rather. I mean, I think so. I think some amount of formality, I can see a value in it, particularly in the context of like a Taekwondo class full of six-year-olds whose parents have never like taught them discipline. It's a vehicle for teaching discipline. The flip side is if you're 35 and you have to bow to every 12-year-old with a black belt when you walk through the front door, it's kind of ridiculous. So <laughs> yes. like I can, and that that is a thing. Like, yeah, but, so that's know, one but, thing. What's you, wrong with showing respect to? Like, and that's the thing is like, you know, to me, it's all about mutual respect. Is, is Taekwondo primarily marketed to kids nowadays? I suspect so. Yeah. Okay. I, think not I mean, that, so much for that the was. Sport end of it. I think it's sort of taken the judo route, the, the judo route, though, right? Like for the sport end of it. I mean, okay. To be fair, I have not stepped into a taekwondo school <laughs> in years at this point. Yeah. Me um, but for sure, I mean, even twenty years ago, it was mostly marketed to kids. I think. Thanks to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, like no, we know that karate yeah, the, kid. <laughs> No, Karate Kid was like a teenage thing. Like, if you speak to um, two of the larger sort of martial arts school consultants here in Orlando, yeah, who like now do it internationally, like they said the 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 tipping point for them was Ninja Turtles. It wasn't Karate Kid, as most people hmm. would think. Because like Karate Kid, Cobra Kai is awesome, by the way. Um, I mean, six-year-old Alan was watching Karate Kid before every Taekwondo test to get like. Were you up. really? Oh yeah. Were you like rocking like Joe Esposito? Like <laughs> the you're the best. I listen to that now before class. In fact, it's my ringtone. <laughs> but um, the so, self-esteem okay, so, issues again, so cropping the, up, Craig. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on like the master thing? Like in jujitsu, they call them professor, which I think is a little bit more appropriate. But now that's that's leaning. That's getting a little too. Like well, th- th- again, that may be a bit much. So my for first this. thing, my first question is: Is it just a is it just a transla- translation issue? Is the word in Taekwondo is we, we Korean you said? I actually don't know. Korean. Yeah. Korean. Yeah. Is there a How word in Korean yeah, 
I don't like know. how does it translate and or is the significance of master different because in english obviously when you say master you think of a master slave relationship and you think of someone above a subservient right right um but is master could you have translated it to coach which it sounds way means, more neutral it means father teacher Oh, so God forbid a woman teaches. So are there any women in Taekwondo? Is there like, is that the big secret that we haven't unveiled here? That there no women are allowed to practice Taekwondo? No, no. no. So more comparisons to the Catholic Church. (laughs) 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 This is like a, like, like unveiling the Illuminati. Like this is our, our new document. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. So... Wait, it means father instructor? I never, I, I guess I never so, knew that. According to, yeah, Bo and Nim mean father figure, or father teacher, so. But I mean, like, keep in mind, like, I believe Taekwondo came from a military-like background. So, like, that's probably a big portion of it, too, right? Like, the the genesis of each of these sort of systemized styles of martial arts. Like, Jiu-Jitsu was literally originally created to be, like, it was modified judo, right? And like, it was a bunch of egotistical guys who were like, we're gonna go storm your dojo and whoop your ass and see what works and learn from there. Taekwondo is a, if I remember history correctly. You had to do a report on Taekwondo history to get your black belt. That was another. I was like, Alan, <laughs> that was literally 21 years ago. Okay, so describe this report like an actual written report. Okay. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. yeah, it was uh-huh. like, I mean, a couple of pages. It wasn't. So, big. is that what Paul's got in store for you? Paul's going to be. Yeah, it's like I have to do like the jujitsu doctrine and like describe my experiences with each. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Because there was a different one for each. I think it's one a different one. Like, what are my goals time. and like yeah. that sort of thing? Like, what does the doctrine mean to you? I think. Um, but I, I definitely actually, remember for first for first dan it had to include taekwondo history because Master Fu gave me like a book. Did you really? The history of is that of big, Korea. Big black book with the dude kicking on the front. Dude, that, it was thirty years ago. I have yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah, I so, so I might be pulling this out of my ass, but is it possible that Taekwondo was used as a form of almost parenting? Where, if you're saying it was a, it has backgrounds with the military. Historically, does that mean like kids were shipped out of their families to a barracks, if you would call it back then, and you had to have like tradition in taekwondo that almost act as a way to instill ethics and values almost like a parent would because it's a you don't have your parents around if you're being sent away i don't no i don't no. think it's like a muay thai fight camp okay I don't, I don't think it's like that i think it's like so the, i mean the history is a bit funny because like if you, if you read like formal histories of taekwondo they'll trace it back 1500 like years like bodhidharma with and one <laughs> arm that's why you kick and you know like all this bullshit right well like these sort there, of like romanticized there's some like historically documented form called taekyun or something like yeah, this yeah, yeah. and but, it's funny because like they'll extrapolate that from like one like archaeological like pictogram of like two dudes who just like were kicking and they're like oh that's our that's our ancient martial art Right? Like, but I mean, the flip I mean, side is, if, if you actually look at the, <laughs> the modern genesis of Taekwondo, I'm pretty sure it's like a post-World War II uh, yeah, 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 right, right. Korean nationalist program of like, look, we have we our do. own martial art. This is yes. our own thing. And of course, if you're trying to like m- promote, make a nationalist project after a war that really like just ground all over you in really bad ways, 
Yeah, you're going to say, well, look, we've been doing this for 1,500 years, and we found this, this tile. It's not karate. It's not karate. <laughs> it is not karate. <laughs> it's not karate. Like, <laughs> so, so to your point, I, I'm, I'm ethnically Vietnamese, born American, raised American, going to buy that America fuck yeah gi. I will buy that. Um, so like, He's literally parents, got red, white, and blue stripes I'm, on his yeah, shirt right now. wearing a G.I. Joe <laughs> rash guard. But... Um, so the Vietnamese like national martial art, it's called Vo Vi Nam, right? Which which translates directly. Does, does the U.S. have a national martial art? I I don't know. Do we? Uh, skeet shooting is it? I mean, I, oh. Oh, ooh, okay, calm, calm down there. <laughs> Are you a boomer? No, you're 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 a Gen, Gen Xer. Dude, how f- <laughs> you're two years younger than me. I know. Or calm down, boomer, <laughs> or whatever, madam. <laughs> The, uh, so like I'm not even yet. I've seen definitions of millennial that upper ended at 1980, and I was like, okay, I'm not a millennial. No, you no, guys no, are no. off. But yeah. I, I think you know, I'm you scraping the edge identity. of Gen X. Even. Um, the, uh, so like the the Vietnamese martial art because like Vietnam is like what 20 years sort of behind like being a punching bag between like nations <clears throat> behind Korea, like as they you know gained independence and like started to like develop their national identity, they came up like like oh we dug in the like the archives of like fucking you know these like caves and whatever and we've we found this is our martial art right and do you know so jujitsu it, it is the best martial it's art, the best at least martial from art, right? a spectator's point of view it's, it's awesome right <laughs> so um taekwondo kicking right karate chopping you know like judo tossing somebody and hitting them with a planet jujitsu joint locks whatever do you know what the signature move <laughs> boy um should we pause this we got it no you go you go all right um the signature martial art of uh vietnam is called vo vietnam and the signature move of it is literally a flying head scissors like like a like a sonia blade style flying head scissors right (laughs) like like i have to kick the guy in the stomach to which he like like keels over which provides me like a launching pad to like jump up and then yeah it's just it's terrible but um Chris I'll let you wrap it up I have to assist with cleanup duty oh cleanup on in the lobby in aisle one did you follow the arrows to see where the lobby is (laughs) um but so actually we'll be wrapping up in a couple minutes here um Alan what are your so what are you expecting to see today in jujitsu since you're joining me in class and I think I have to teach uh, I don't know. That's why I'm here. That's true. That's true. Because um, I think I've... I feel like I saw you teach Muay Thai sometime. A long time ago. God, how long ago? That must have been a really, really long time ago. The 427 school? Really? Am I, am I allowed to talk about that? No. What's that? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I did. But I've definitely never seen you teach... Jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's not not many people have. Um, and, and I no, I'm I'm curious to see because I'm also at that point in my life where I would like to get back into martial arts, but a striking art, I feel like that should be off the table given that I need my brain to keep working <laughs> to stay so, employed. <laughs> ironically, right? Like that's a big part of why I stopped doing. Like Muay Thai, you know, I used to balance my time doing Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And yeah. over time, like, I just realized, like, 
I, I kind of use this example as like whenever somebody's signing up for martial arts and they want to do Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu and they're like, oh no, I'd rather do Muay Thai. So I'm like, that's, that's fine. Like, you know, try both. <clears throat> um, you can watch two advanced black belts do Jiu Jitsu and go hard and both of them can leave the mats relatively uninjured, right? No. You can't see two Muay Thai, gra- or Muay Thai fighters go hard like and, and you're sure everybody's yeah, walking yeah, exactly. away just like, fine. Yeah. Somebody's leaving injured regardless, right? Yeah. Like that's just the nature of like trauma. I, mean, I think in a way, like I'm glad that I trained a striking art when I was young and more resilient. I, I think though too, because so like, I got beat in the head. Like oh yeah, yeah I mean I, I mean Taekwondo. Well, yeah, then like, like then that's, then yeah. yeah. Um, well, there was one. Oh, I got knocked out. I mean, like in class. Yeah. I got kicked one time, knocked one of my, when I had braces, knocked a bracket right oh, through yeah, my lip. Like, so, I mean, like, I'm glad I had those experiences when I was more resilient. But like <laughs> I said, at this point, I can't afford to lose any more mental capacity than I've already lost. And so, so what, uh, what line of work are you in? Uh, so I'm, I'm moving to Canada in January uh, to start hey. a job as a professor at University of Waterloo. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I, I wish you were living in Orlando so I could drive there with you. Because <laughs> it would be like, we'd have a whole new like set of questions I mean, to talk you, you about. You could fly and, up to Boston, but it's only like an eight-hour drive. So like, Is it only eight? Yeah. Then we'd have to, to, we'd like, have to drive, drive back five times. times because we just, we'll, we'll rent a van instead <laughs> yeah, of a U-Haul. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, it'll, it'll work out, trust me. Like, yeah, the efficiency yeah. of the van versus the diesel engine. Yeah, it's, I think it's fine. We'll be, we'll be uh, we'll buy carbon offsets or something. It'll be fun. Um, I would love to do that actually. We, we're like I said though. I think it's awesome you're moving there. Congratulations again. Um, like it's it's a, now a, an awesome reason for Stacy and, and me and Connor to go to visit Canada. You should definitely do that. Cause you're in what city? Uh, so the University of Waterloo and Waterloo. I don't say that right. Waterloo. Anyway, I'm working on saying it right. You better but, learn your French, man. Uh, I don't have to teach in French, so I okay. think it's fine. Um, Physics is the universal language. Math that, is, that rather. That is absolutely true. Yes. Uh, <laughs> physics is the universal language. Everyone cringes when they hear it. Um, yeah, so Waterloo is like an hour, hour and a half west of Toronto. Okay. So it's like, it's a nice place, and if you want to do anything, Toronto is not far away. And Waterloo has a really reputable um, university for technology. That's true. Um, How do you know this? I know that because my um, my advisor in grad school uh, graduated from there. So shout out to Jamie Ruiz. Do you know them? Do you know Jamie Ruiz? <laughs> Jamie Ruiz. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing no. I live in Rio de Janeiro. Do you know this person? <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the thing that like I work for Disney. Oh, you know this person, right? Like they're four thousand employees. Oh, more than that. I oh feel yeah. Like. I mean, but the question is, do you know Mickey? That's the important. I mean, everybody knows Mickey. Um, we so, have to train. Yeah, we do. And I am teaching, I believe. Yes? Uh, probably. Just assume you I'm are. Assume I just am, assume so. you are. I li- yeah, so. So, Alan, are you going to watch us? Yeah. You're going to watch us grapple around in our in our pajamas? Yes. And make uh, make funny remarks about us? I'm, I may. Okay. <laughs> we should just leave the mic on and like, have him do a flavor. <laughs> a live play. commentary? Like a, like a layman in jiu-jitsu describing what they're seeing. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> we'll probably lose the two listeners that we have, and it'll fifty. Been, uh, yeah. Well, or I don't. Fifty downloads. Fifty. No, yeah, no. It's it's it, it's getting up there. It's, uh, fifty downloads each, or fifty downloads. No, no, no. Integrated. No per. It's like him listening over. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh man, I love the sound of my voice. All right, well, Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for for and enlightening us on Taekwondo. Oh, thanks and, for having me. And Master Scary. Fook or Mister Fook? That's the controversy. The, the, the controversy <laughs> that lives. If on. he listens to this, yeah, I was like, this does not come at, up at lunch, by the way. Yeah. So. All right, Chris, I'll let you close it out. All right, see ya.